welcome to this episode of the Driving You Crazy Podcast. I am Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber. It is Valentine's week, Joseph. Love is in the air, as is the smell of cleaner because it was so disgusting in here. I had to hose it down. Nothing says love like Lysol, man. No, it does. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. You Uh, as well. Are you going to celebrate with Tanya? Of course. What are you going to do? Uh... Okay. Not, not for public consumption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- does she give you a gift as well, or is it all uh, you know on on you to be the hero? I think we just mutually agree to do something nice together. You know, yeah, it's a very twenty first century relationship. Gina and, I, Gina and I have always been uh, on the basic mindset of you know it's 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 a hallmark holiday. Throw a couple of cards, that sort of thing. Uh, because really, Joseph. No plans for me because every day is Valentine's Day. Yay! Preach. <laughs> Preach on. Preach on. <laughs> That's where everybody... Now, if you have to throw up because you just heard that, make sure you pull over first and then barf. Uh, here's me. I got a, So I got an email last week. This is what I did. I got an email last week from ProFlower saying you can get free shipping and no other fees. It's just basically pay like 30 bucks for the flowers. Uh, for a couple of dozen roses, and then we'll send them to you. And and so I did that. But here was the caveat. They would deliver them on Friday, last Friday, the Friday before th- the Valentine's Day, which was four days later. That's a genius promotion, though. Yes, I did it. I fell for it. I did it. My wife and my girls, I put Happy Valentine's Day from Daddy to all my girls, and they love it. And they never saw it coming because no. it was four days early. Exactly. Well done. <laughs> exactly. Well and you know when they're going to get more flowers? After Valentine's Day because <laughs> they'll be all on sale. One week later. Valentine's Day, they'll get their cards. But, you know, that's – look, I, I am a frugal man, and I, I would rather everybody do it that way, but – uh, we all can't be. Um, but then you wouldn't even be able to take advantage of the market inefficiency. Yes, exactly right. Well, I have to start the program today, Joseph, with this letter that was sent to our chief meteorologist, Mike Nelson. He, by the way, is one of the five male finalists to be one of the voices at the DIA train, uh, along with our Ann Trujillo, who is one of the five female voices to be also heard on the DIA trains. I, I feel like they both should win. Mike is an icon. Anne's voice, perfect for a train. That's that's just one man's opinion. My handicapping on this one, Denise Plant gets the female voice, and Alan Roach goes back to him for the male voice. If not, maybe Nelson. Roach. Yeah. (laughs) He's actually, that's not his real name. He's a really nice guy. I've yep. known him for years. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so this uh, this letter that was sent to our chief meteorologist uh, here here it is. So uh, we'll we'll, make, we'll read it and then make some comments. It starts off, "Good day, Mr. Mike Nelson, sir. I finally had enough of you and your weather crew. Also, everyone in the station have very poor English." <laughs> That's mm. how he wrote it. Mm. <laughs> yep. So he starts off with poor English, complaining about poor English. Unfortunately, the whole news and weather media, I would like to know very, very much why you all say the snow is coming down. Tell me what other way the snow go besides sideways with a wind. I am so tired of hearing that phrase. Why do you not say the rain is coming down? Can you all just say it is snowing and leave it at that? Please. Signed, Dale. Dale has some problems with the English language. Dale needs to get a life. 
<sighs> For someone who believes everyone here at our TV station has poor English skills, sir, you need to work on yours. Mm-hmm. As for the point of his letter, that he hates it when we say on air that the snow is coming down, or falling down, or however down we say it. I say the rain is coming down, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know why we can't say it, it's raining, or the rain is coming down, or the snow is coming down, or it's just snowing. We, we use it interchangeably, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Most times, I think, uh, I say it's just raining, or it's just snowing, but maybe we'll change it up now and then. I don't know, we just do. I've also said the snow or the rain might blow sideways. Mm-hmm. Just blowing around. Snow's blowing around. Snow's blowing up and down. <laughs> the rain's blowing around. Some people just get bugged by certain words they hear from us, and this is a perfect example of that. I had a, several guys um, complain to me about certain words that I would use in pronounced roads. One person was adamant that I was saying the word Vazquez wrong. He was saying I was saying it as Vasquez. Mm. Now, I, he got me confused with another person who does traffic on another TV station. Who was, in fact, saying Vasquez. Yes. Uh. And then would always either call and leave me a message <laughs> or try to text me. Amazing how many people think nine is seven in this community. Yes. But this was actually on four. Mm. And 31, which is two numbers. Yes. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> too, you're right. I would like to send a comment to us about anything. Uh, if you like to, And if you want to send a comment to us about anything that you don't like us doing, you could always send it to us on our Facebook page or our Twitter page mm. or account or what do we, how do we say, to our Twitter? Yeah. To our tweet, Twitter? Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Tweet it. What's your tweet? Mine is at Denver 7 Traffic. I'm at Joseph Denver 7. Well, we've talked several times, Joseph, on this show about the problem of emotional support animals on planes. Last time, it was a woman trying to take her peacock on the airplane. This time, it's a little different, but much, much worse. How many more of these are we going to have to cover, Jason? A lot. Because people and their animals cannot be separated. A college student said she flushed her emergency... A college student said she flushed her emotional support hamster down the toilet after Spirit Airlines refused to let her bring her furry pet on the airplane. Heartless. The 21-year-old girl from Miami Beach, she told the Miami Herald that she contacted Spirit Airlines a couple of times before her flight from Baltimore to South Florida regarding traveling with her dwarf hamster. Dwarf hamster is named Pebbles. This girl in Pebbles was going to fly back home. She claimed the airline told her that it was not a problem to bring Pebbles on the flight. However, when the student arrived at the airport, she said an airline employee refused to let Pebbles on the plane. She said she did not have many options since her family was in Florida, her friends were hours away back at college, and the college girl thought about maybe skipping her flight, thinking she could maybe rent a car and drive... But then she realized she was just too young to rent one because typically you have to be 25 to rent a car. and She's 21. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't rent a car. Then comes the good part. The student claimed a spirit employee. Uh, a st- they, the student claimed that a spirit employee suggested that she either let the animal go free in the airport or outside the airport or flush pebbles down the toilet. There's yep. so much cruelty in this story. <laughs> The student said she considered letting Pebbles run free outside, but couldn't bear thinking of the hamster freezing to death 
because it was so cold out or getting hit by a car or picked off by a animal of some sort, right? Because, you know, it's a, it's a little dwarf hamster. So she did what she felt was the most humane choice. She flushed pebbles down the toilet. Oh, goodness. I can't. I can't with these people, man. The student says, quote, I was scared. It was horrifying putting her in the toilet. I was emotional. I was crying. I sat there for a good 10 minutes crying in the stall. I didn't have any other options, unquote. Um, little girl, you had a lot of options. Lots and lots of options. Besides <laughs> flushing a live animal down the toilet. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this seems like a troll job, right? You like, would think so. You would think this is a fake news story. Not even a fake news story. Just somebody who really wanted the social media attention decided she was going to bring a hamster on the plane, and that could have been the end of the story, but then she decided to make it so much worse. Now, in a statement, the senior vice president for PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, said one phone call could have saved this animal or some kind person at the airport could have helped. Flushing a living being down the toilet is not only cruel but also illegal, and both the person who killed the animal and Spirit Airlines, if an employee did, in fact, advise the woman to drown the hamster, should be charged. This, is, this must have been a horrific, terrifying death. That from PETA. No kidding. Now, Spirit Airlines says that an employee misinformed the girl that Pebbles was allowed on the flight, but denied that an employee at the airport suggested she flush the rodent down the toilet. They added it's incredibly disheartening to hear this guest reportedly decided to end her own pet's life. The Miami Herald reported that the U.S. Transportation Safety Administration is fine with having hamsters on flights, but airlines are allowed to choose what animals they want to let on board and which ones they, they don't want to let on board. Now, let's imagine this Spirit Airlines employee, right? Who is this person? A, is Spirit right, and there is no employee that said, go drown your hamster, or B, there was, in fact, an employee who said, go drown your hamster, and you have to wonder if they were being serious or they were just being sarcastic, like, oh, lady, why don't you just go flush it down the toilet? Exactly. That, I, I would think that it would be the latter. You would think, but I, I just can't imagine there's a cruel Spirit Airlines flight person out there that's like, go drown the hamster. But we've talked about joking at airports. You never really joke with the TSA. You don't joke with flight attendants. You don't joke with the gate attendants because you could get thrown off or not allowed on the plane. Well, apparently now you don't joke with passengers either. Otherwise, they'll go drown a live hamster. Now, Pebbles apparently was a doctor-approved emotional support animal that was helping the college girl when she developed a growth in the in her neck uh, when she was at school at uh, Wilson College up there in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And so the emotional support animal, Pebbles, helped her through that ordeal. The college girl, who now goes to Texas State University, said she was considering legal action against Spirit due to the airline, quote, pressuring her into making an anguished decision with a pet certified by our doctor as an emotional support animal, unquote. So... There's two types of emotional support animals, right? There's the one where the animal is actually, like, providing support for the human. And then there's the other one where, like, just the act of having a relationship is the emotional support well, that's that you Well, that's need. one. That, there's the emotional support. Then there's the actual helping where you're, you're blind and you have a guide dog that's actually giving you that service. There are completely different roles for these animals. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, ne needing a relationship with an animal in order to, like, feel better is fine, but you can't carry that relationship on an airplane. Like, this woman 
no, nobody should be allowed to have a hamster on a plane. Do you want hamsters on your plane? No, I don't want a ham. Well, I, I wouldn't want the hamster running around. Wait, no, you know what? Here's the thing. I wouldn't want the hamster <laughs> running around the airplane, getting into my leg, and then biting me in the ankle. Correct. I also wouldn't want it distracting my girls because all they would want to do is play with a hamster. Also agreed. You know. And who, if one person can bring a hamster on a plane, what's stopping the entire plane from bringing 20 hamsters on the plane? Exactly. How many hamsters is too many hamsters? <laughs> well, then that's why, uh, what was it, United, Delta, whatever, one of them, they stopped the lady from the emotional support peacock because that would be a little bit egregious trying to get a peacock on an airplane with its long plumage. It's just there are some animals that just aren't designed to be on airplanes. Right, like the ones with wings. Yes. <sighs> poor pebbles. Poor, poor pebbles. Poor pebbles. This is really an example of college girls who just aren't smart enough to put on their own pants. Mm. I could only imagine her parents never teaching her that it's okay not to get on an airplane. I mean, I, I, I'll teach my girls it's okay to, if you're, if you're in this situation, you don't have to get on the airplane. You can skip it and get on another one. There are other ways around it. Uh, I'll figure out another way because flushing a rodent down the toilet probably shouldn't be an option, especially in one of those industrial strength toilets, which sounds oh. like it's, I mean, when you, it's not like your toilet at home where it'll swirl for a few, you know, seconds and then go down, gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. It's a, and then it's gone. That's it's the sound of death. That's a different, hamsters. yes, it's a different kind of toilet. I mean, she could have hired, listen, she could have hired an Uber or Lyft driver to drive Pebbles to her friends back at college. She could have done that. I did that one time. I was locked out of a car in Vail. Uh, I was doing this. Uh, all right, so so I, so Gene and I are up in Vail. So I had this uh, endorsement deal with Mercedes Benz when I was in radio, and they gave me a car. And so I was driving the car up to Vail, and I I, I locked the car keys in the car. Well, with the Mercedes, you, even a locksmith couldn't get in this thing. You had to have the key. And so I had an, another set of keys in my desk at home. And so I had my father-in-law go to the my house, get the key. Meet the uh, Colorado Express, the guy, the, the CME, the Colorado Mountain Express vans mm -hmm. over in Golden. Gave the key to that guy, who was driving up to Vail anyway, and then gave me the key. So I found a way, right? This girl could have found a way. Right. There are always options. Do not want her managing my stocks in the future. Hopefully well, she's just, not a business major. Just a dumb girl. Just... <sighs> If this really happened that way, it's just a girl who's being dumb and not looking at all the options. It's just unfathomable. All right. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the idea someone had to uh, have RTD pay people to ride on the buses as a way to increase ridership. Well, while that idea is, is fine, uh, there, are, there really isn't any realistic way to pay for such a, a plan. So in Salt Lake City, they have a similar winter pollution problem as we do here in Colorado. They call their high pollution days red flag days. When we have poor air quality days, we call it an ozone alert day. Mm -hmm. And they ask you to limit your driving, restrict the wood-burning fireplaces. Uh, and in Utah, it's much of the same, but they really emphasize the limiting of your driving as a way to keep the air a little bit cleaner. They say that car emissions account for more than half of their pollution in Utah. So a day in, in, in late December... Their transit system called UTA, the Salt Lake City Council, and the Salt Lake County Mayor's Office, they all partnered together to fund a free fare day on all UTA buses 
commuter rail, and light rail. So as you can expect, the fare, the all the free, as you can expect, all the freeloaders, they showed up. Yep. They rode on the trains and droves, but not so many people rode on the buses. Ridership increased 23% across the entire system with commuter rail ridership up 66%, light rail ridership up 32%, and the bus ridership remained mostly flat because most people don't like riding on buses, they like riding on trains. Uh, this is fascinating to me. Anecdotally, my wife has always said like she enjoys riding the light rail. It's really fun to watch everything go by on this train that's moving at a high rate of speed. She has never once said to me, I really like riding in buses. Because you're thinking that you could be riding in your car on the exact same road, in more comfort, probably faster, mm-hmm. not obviously making as many stops. Yep. So here's the problem. Buses are always going to struggle to compete with cars on travel times. Riding in a bus across Salt Lake takes as long as about maybe an hour and a half or so. I believe the transit difference in this city, Denver, is about 50%, right? Yeah, and that's compared to about 30 minutes if you're in a car in Salt Lake City. So it's really all about the stopping and starting. Even if they had a dedicated bus lane, the trip time would be much longer than in a private car because they keep stopping and starting. And while they say they enjoyed the system-wide increase in riders on that free day, they also don't think they can afford to make the free days a recurring event because, obviously, it's costing them money. Local transit advocates were happy to see the bump in ridership, but rather than focusing on free fares, they think the agency should spend money to improve transit service in a way that will naturally draw in new riders. That will be the challenge because ultimately 90% of riders who knew it was a free fare Friday stated they would ride the UTA on another free fare day again, but mostly on the light rail or the commuter rail and not on the buses. Again, this is another perfect example of you get what you incentivize and you get less of what you tax. And if you make something nice and comfortable on a dedicated line, i.e. the train, Uh that's not really stopping that often, that's pretty comfortable. It's got that still cool factor. As you're away from the traffic, people are going to want to be on it. The uh, Being away from the traffic is the key. I mean, there is nothing to worry about when you're on a train, in right. my mind. You know what I mean? There's no other drivers that are going to mess you up. There's no stopping and starting. It's just one smooth line from A to B. Yep, you're exactly right. Now, the UTA estimates the free fare day cost the agency about $70,000 in lost fare revenue and the increased operating costs from accommodating the bump in ridership. Now, the transit-loving people in Utah may be getting a funding boost in coming years. The state legislature is actually considering a bill that would increase sales tax and impose a new fee on electric vehicles to help fund their mass transit. Hmm. If if I have to be on transit, I also prefer to be on the train over the bus any day. Um, I'd prefer not to be on the mass transit, but if I had to be, I'd I'd rather take the train than the bus. Absolutely. Like, a a crowded train is a nightmare, but I think a crowded bus is a nightmare, too, and a crowded car is a nightmare, so that's just one big thing. I don't know, man. Nothing beats the train in my eyes. Yeah, and I wonder what the—it's like that's why the the train in uh, not only Boston, but also Chicago and obviously the subway in New York City does so well because people like trains, and in in the subway example— it's going under the city. It's going in places that the cars can't go, yeah. obviously going without having any delays from the cars. And then you're popping up in an area of the city. You go, well, that's kind of cool. I'm here, and, and I was just over there across town, and I'm 15 minutes later. Well, and the good thing about the subway system is that the, it's everywhere. Yeah. The problem with Denver's light rail system right now is that there's so much. It's not first mile, last mile. It's like first five miles, last five miles in some cases to get from a light rail station to where you need to go in the city. And unfortunately, the way they laid it out is they laid it out along 
the highways mm -hmm. right there along the street. I-25. It's right there along Santa Fe, 6th Avenue, Highway 36, I-70. They're just right there along the same highways. You know, that's true to a point. I mean, obviously the route is right along the highway, but what I would say is that there's nothing like being on the W line and watching 6th Avenue traffic <laughs> yeah. and just being like, that sucks. Sorry to be you. Right, exactly. And that's why that Arrivo uh, company is looking at doing a similar option. However, they're doing it off some of the highway routes and maybe connecting to some of the highway routes and then mm -hmm. maybe bridging that gap and uh, seeing how it all works uh, in the future. So, interesting stuff. Exciting coming up, times. Exciting times. Don't you wish that it was easy to figure out what that concerning sound is coming from your car? Uh, an easy way, like having a mechanic ride with you? Yeah. Well, there's an app for that, Joseph. We'll have that story and so much more as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. You're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. The hardest thing about getting up is the fact that most of us have only slept about four hours, maybe, uh, the night before. So on any given morning, you know, you just never know what could possibly come out of our mouths in the morning. Uh, what's going to happen? That's why you got to watch. Um, it, we're tired, um, <laughs> but we're up and ready to go. And uh, we like to help you get up as well. Nicole Brady, only on Denver 7. Something that I really looked forward to when I was coming to, to work here was uh, particularly our news director, Holly. I think that she is um, somebody who is um, eager for us to try to adapt and experiment and find out what works. She's eager to let us show our own personalities and find the stories that work best for us. Uh, no one's being forced into any one mold, and it's just it's a, it's a fun work environment so far. Megan Lopez, only on Denver 7. Welcome back to the world-famous and most lovely Driving You Crazy podcast. We like to feature music here by Creative Commons artists, but here we have a track from the son of one of our morning show directors. His name is Justin Sandoval. It was uh, given to be play on the show. So there you go. He's a funky guy. Yeah. So there you have it. And this Justin, Joseph, uh, this is from Waffle House PR, Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Jason. I just saw a clip of you talking about maybe taking your wife to Waffle House on Valentine's. I hope you do. Let me know how it goes. Take care. Very nice. Very I, nice. I talk about Waffle House all the time because I love eating breakfast at the Waffle House. Big fan. Will you take them up on this offer I've, and go to the Waffle House? I would love to. However, I have found out also because I don't keep my own schedule. My wife does, and she informed me this morning that... Her parents are coming over for Valentine's Day dinner tomorrow. And apparently I'm cooking out because it's going to be warm out, so I'm cooking. I mean, that sounds great. You can still go for a nice lunch. Yes, I could. Just saying. You're exact. Or I could postpone it until Saturday, and then we can go out Saturday morning. But I think she's working Saturday morning over at the street. Or you could pull the classic television clip 
trick and go to the Waffle House, take a picture outside, a selfie, to prove that you were there, and then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll be making a trip to take a picture at the Waffle House later on today. No. <laughs> oh, I do love the. When I was living in Statesboro, in Georgia, we had a, a, com- a competitor called the Huddle House down the end of the street. And uh, the Huddle House was just never quite as good as the Waffle House. I'll tell you what, IHOP is the champ. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's really not. It can't be. Agree to disagree. My, my, my girls, they love the chocolate chip waffles. You've had problems with chocolate chip waffles. But Waffle, my girls House, love- Waffle House always had a chocolate chips, man. Explain oh, no. that one to me. I don't know. It, they, they love the chocolate milk and the, uh, and the chocolate waffles. Love them. I, I love to get my hash brown scattered, covered, chunk topped, uh, and not diced maybe occasionally. And then... Get some piggybacked uh, with some over-easy eggs. Ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to a Waffle House aficionado. (laughs) There you go. So I saw a picture of a BART train car in San Francisco with a pair of mustard yellow seats on it. They say they're not freshening up their trains for spring nor testing out a new fabric color. What they're doing is they're putting these yellow seats down, these covers down, so you will not sit in them if there's a person who might need to sit down more than you do. Bart calls the yellow fabric priority seating, saying it's a new and overt way to remind people that these seats should be reserved for those who need it. Bart des- designates these seats near the train doors as a priority seating for seniors and persons with disabilities. Now, I like it. I don't know about you, but I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. Before this, they had just these signs that were up on the walls indicating which seats are priority for certain passengers, the, the, these blue plaques that depict a pregnant woman, that's what they show on the plaque. Uh, a couple of figures with walking aids. Uh, you know, it's just a universal symbol of, right. hey, th- these are for pregnant people. or Well, and I feel like I've seen this people. done before, but with blue covers on the seats, not the yellow. I think the yellow is an interesting style choice by the folks at BART. Yeah, and reactions to these new seats were mixed on social media. One person uh, said, how long will these seats look clean? Many commented, though, that a reminder is nice. Most of the people, though, taking up a priority seat are fully aware of it, and they simply don't care to stand up. At the end of their Facebook post, Bart uh, reminded riders, if you do sit here, please check the car for others who need a seat more than you do. I want to direct their attention, though, the Bart people, to episode number 52 of our Driving You Crazy podcast, where we talked about a man in London who was advocating that old people should stand up on the trains or buses and not sit down, not be given those priority seats because they could use the extra exercise to help stay alive a little bit longer. <laughs> that was a great episode. It was a good one. Also, the yellow is a fantastic style choice. I would understand if Bart went to all yellow seats. Yeah? Looks like people are just riding in bananas. That's a- <laughs> there you go. Well, from the why hasn't somebody come up with this idea before file, there's a new app being developed that's supposed to diagnose your car trouble. So let's say you're driving down the road and your car starts to make some kind of unusual sound. Is it the gearbox? Is it the clutch, the alternator, the AC? What What is the problem here? Maybe your engine's about to fall out and you're going to go careening off the road. I mean, I hope not, but it's always a possibility. Well, you open up this app and it uses their smart so- the smartphone microphone in there and some accelerometers as well as their GPS system, and the microphone can be used to hear while listening to the sound of, a, let's say, a clogged air filter. 
The GPS can monitor the car's speed, which combined with the vibration data from the phone can tell if there's, let's say, the tires are inflated properly or your car is out of alignment. The app can also learn what sounds and vibrations signify what problems, so in testing, its accuracy was over 90%. That's pretty good. Good stat. I don't know if it's actually like 90% accurate or if they're only testing for tire under or over inflation or whatever the other pro- or clogged air filters, right? Like if they're only testing for those two problems, sure, you can get above 90%. But can you figure out every little thing that's wrong with a car? Well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm skeptical. To, to develop the app, the creators rented a n- numerous kinds of cars and temporarily broke them, including the kinds of problems they wanted to study. Then, before returning the car, they put them back to tip-top shape with the tire rotations, oil changes, and so on. That's Those are the cars you're renting, folks. <laughs> the app's powers are currently limited to certain common problems that can be easily detected by smartphone sensors, including the wheel imbalance, engine misfires, improper tire pressure, clogged air filters. Perhaps unsurprisingly, some mechanics are skeptical of just how much an app can really do. The app developers say it could save drivers uh, $125 a year. And save truck drivers in the neighborhood of $600 a year. It would also save gas by making sure cars are running efficiently, help drivers avoid blowouts and breakdowns. A prototype app will be ready for field testing in a couple of months with a commercial version available later this year. I'm very excited for five years from now when that app can get everything right. But until then, I will pass. All right. Well, you go ahead and keep on driving. I'm such a, a fuddy-duddy, right? Like, you are. For a millennial, you are. You're a lot more like a, uh, uh, what, a, the greatest generation than, than a Just give me the mechanic. Millennial. All I want is a mechanic. That's... And speaking of apps, there's an app for everything, including shopping for cars. These car buying apps can cut out some of the hard work because we're, we're here at the Driving You Crazy podcast trying to help you, the consumer, with your car buying needs and, and other needs that you might have in your daily life. We are also trying to get a sponsorship from one of these car buying <laughs> apps that we're about to tell you about. So these apps can send mobile alerts when, let's say, the price drops or when a new car is available. Plus, you'll have bargaining power in the palm of your hand when you talk to a dealer or deal with a private seller because you'll be informed. Here right now are some of the most downloaded and top-rated car buying apps. Used Car Search Pro. Used Car Search Pro by IC Cars searches about 40,000 dealerships and private sellers for cars. And its 59 search filters include every conceivable parameter to find your dream car, even obscure ones like driver height. So you can find a car with enough headroom or legroom that I would need because in my Volt, I I always have a hard time fitting in there a certain way because the seat doesn't move. It only goes either up or back. There's not really good seating arrangement in my right. Volt. When's the last time you purchased a car? Does that occur? The, the Volt, the two years ago. So, so two years ago. And then uh, that one was on a discount, right? Because of yes. the storm that had just happened. So I we haven't gone through the car buying process for three years. and I, But I feel like it's evolved since like 10, 15 years ago, where instead of going into the dealership and you guys try to negotiate and you get some deals, but then some things you don't get, I think now it's just basically like, look, this is the price on my phone. I can get it for this price somewhere else, so you need to give me this price. Exactly. And that's what it's coming down to. Here's another app. It's called CarMax. This app accesses the CarMax's nationwide inventory of 40,000 vehicles. You can get alerted when prices drop, compare up to 10 cars at once, calculate payments on your phone. You also get free vehicle history reports and CarMax's experts 
and customer reviews. Plus, you can scan window stickers or barcodes and access all of the vehicle's information at any of their dealerships. The app exclusively searches CarMax dealerships, all of which have non-negotiable prices on their cars, which a lot of folks are, are seeing more and more of and want more and more of. Yep. Uh, if you don't mind haggling for the best deal, maybe CarMax isn't for you. If there's a CarMax location near you, I know there are some in Denver, the app provides a no-hassle car buying experience. A lot of people are looking for that, especially when they go on the app. It's, they want it to be like Amazon. You, you don't want to buy your light bulbs, or in this case, I was buying a, uh, a switch for the wall. Uh, it, it's $14. Yep. I'm not haggling with Amazon that it's going to be, no, I think I'm only willing to pay $8. Well, then there are the old school folks that uh, are willing to haggle you over anything, like, yeah. who want to talk you down $2 at the Red Lobster because they feel like they didn't get <laughs> enough shrimp. Auto Trader searches for new, used, and certified pre-owned cars at dealerships near you and saves your selected cars to your My Auto Trader profile. Car shoppers get a free vehicle history report on each car, plus pricing information, reviews. The app connects you with the dealerships on private sellers by phone or email unless you share cars you love with your friends and family by text. I'm a big fan of the Auto Trader app. This is one that I've actually used, and I think it's very easy to like organize all of the cars that you've searched for in the past so you can kind of gauge what price you're willing to pay in the future. Well, and that was the the magazine, if you will. I guess it was, what, a, a more a newspaper magazine when mm-hmm. it first started being published, when, when actually things were published. Um, <laughs> Back and, in the day. and Yeah, and you'd have the pictures and the descriptions, that was like the go-to guide to buy a used car, especially. Auto Trader. Amen. Uh, Edmunds provides expert auto advice website and an arsenal of car buying uh, and pricing tools and calculators. The buy a car feature gives a detailed uh, list of vehicles near you that match your specifications. But the search section is where Edmunds really pulls ahead of the competitors. Its top-tier car reviews have everything buyers need, and the helpful cost of ownership section Breaks down expenses like the average fuel and repair spending for various models. And then if you click the app's help section, you can text an Edmunds car buying expert directly for any questions on car buying or leasing. Can I ask you an honest question here? Sure. Have you ever had a positive experience either via like online chat with a sales representative or via text chat with a sales representative? I feel like those always end up just frustrating me more than anything Yeah, else. I'd get frustrated too because I typically know more than they do. It takes long <laughs> time for them to then get their automated response because that's basically all they'll do anyway. Um, rather than really talk to you about whatever issues going on. And like, let's be honest, there's nothing that'll ruin your day faster than a 45-minute call with a customer service representative who cannot solve your problem. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but sometimes it is easier to get through to at least somebody when you do it through the, uh, the chat feature or the text feature rather than just trying to get it on the phone. It's true. So another app, Car Buying by Kelly Blue Book. Kelly Blue Book is that obviously renowned source in the auto world, uh, providing a broad spectrum of car tools. But its car buying app focuses on reviewing and pricing specific models and finding dealerships near you. You also access Kelly Blue Book's car picture and in-depth videos. The app is uh, simple to use. Has a trusted brand power, obviously. It doesn't have any uh, close to all information that you might want on other websites, but it can show you all the local listings of the cars you're searching for. Mm-hmm. True Car. I'm, I'm sure you've seen or heard their advertisements, not here on this show yet, <laughs> but just about everywhere else. True Car users search for their desired, di- desired car, and then they get a price breakdown based on what other people have paid for that exact same vehicle. 
The app then accesses dealer, factory, and partner incentives, including the ones only True Car users get, and its mobile price check feature shows True Car price estimates simply by scanning the window sticker at any participating dealership. The cherry on top, True Car's app has the best cosmetic design out of all of these. Now, that app sends you uh, your contact information and a price quote to a network of over 13,000 True Car certified dealers, which means plenty of sales calls will be coming your way with plenty of offers. So it's really the benefit analysis, right? Like, on the one hand, you might get some good offers. On the other hand, here's your phone number to a bunch of car salesmen. (laughs) That will never, ever leave you alone. I looked at it, what was this, maybe... Oh, goodness. It had to be eight or nine years ago. Gina and I stopped at the Audi dealership down there, or not the Audi, but the uh, Acura dealership down there on Broadway, and I was still getting, even as of last week, I was occasionally getting emails from these people. They really want to sell you an Acura, Jason. I guess so. Instamotor. We've talked about Instamotor in the past. Instamotor is a safe, easy version of Craigslist, really. Uh, It's a private party marketplace where people can buy or sell used vehicles directly, but the app helps buyers avoid getting scammed because every listed car gets a free fraud check, recall check, and vehicle history report. Sellers set their own price, so prepare to haggle if that's the way you like to go. And once you've decided on the price, Instamotor provides calculators to explore auto loan rates, and then you can apply for financing right through the app. That's probably where they make most of their money. Inventory is limited or... Inventory is limited, as the app is just under a couple of years old and currently available only in certain areas. Cars.com. This brightly colored app lists new and used cars for sale near you with an extensive breakdown of the vehicle's details and features. You can read owner's reviews, see estimated car payments. The app also includes dealer profiles and reviews uh, and market comparison features showing you how other vehicles are priced in a given area. Because they, they, there is a difference between a car here and maybe in Houston and in Shreveport and in Boston, and they just charge different for di- the same cars. Definitely in Shreveport. Yeah. Shreve, th- let's go to Shreveport buy a car. <laughs> uh, when you turn on the cars.com app, the on-the-lot tool, uh, if you're there at a, at a dealership, it instantly compares nearby dealerships' inventory, and then you can find special local offers. Auto list. They claim to have the largest selection of cars to search, pulling from thousands of used car apps and dealership listings. Uh, really, it's got a great high-definition car image on all of these cars. You can swipe through like you're doing a Tinder search. Oh, perfect. Can't <laughs> yeah, wait. So like you're falling in love with your car. It also includes a buyer intelligence section of a car's price comparison with others in the area, how long the car has been on the market, has price change and in, in history. You can what also... do I do if the car doesn't message me back? <sighs> if the car swipes right but isn't interested in pursuing a relationship? That's a good question because now it's all about the relationships, isn't it? Tinder, I mean, that was what made Tinder so difficult. <laughs> Have you tried the Tinder? I met my wife on the Tinder. Did you? Yeah. We've talked about this. Oh, okay. I forget these things. Well, my wife and I met on the Tinder. Uh, she messaged me back. It's amazing what happens when people message you back. There you go. You get married and move to Colorado. Yep. Uh, and Car Buying Guide is the last one. This Consumer Reports All-Inclusive uh, Guide to Buying a Car is tastefully designed. The app opens up with options to research car ratings, read the Car Buying Guide, price your car, try its loan and lease calculators, 
Uh, one of the favorite features is the guide's Ask the Right Questions section, which provides sample questions to ask the seller of your dream car. So the app is purely a guide. It really doesn't have any local listings of cars for sale near you, uh, but you can uh, see the Consumer Reports car ratings and road test videos, but you'll need to be subscribed to their website uh, or pay about 3 bucks a month for that. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you have it. You have the options to go buy a car right there on your old phone. I'm really surprised eBay Motors didn't make that list. That was always one of my favorite websites, just to tool around on and like search through listings. Because honestly, because it's an eBay platform, it's a lot more private sellers, and so you see a lot more of the unique type, like early '90s used automobiles. And one thing, I, at one place, I was I was debating whether to put on the list was Facebook, because now they have their uh, marketplace yes. feature. Where you can buy things like you would buy it, similar to Craigslist, uh, but you're seeing it on your Facebook, uh, at least uh, on the phone there. And they do have some people that are selling cars. Um, the ones that I've seen on there are pretty jank. Yep. I haven't seen any really great things on there. I haven't really seen anything great on Amazon the on their feature yet. On I marketplace. I am part of a group called Colorado Used Cars Under Six Thousand Dollars, and if you want to talk about, it's just like <laughs> literally a marketplace for janky cars. But if you're looking for something in that price range, here's a place to go for it. And when I first moved here, that's exactly what I did. I just bought cheap cars, and mm -hmm. then I would just let it go, and because I got it for a couple of hundred dollars, and I'd drive it until it didn't drive anymore, and it wasn't worth my time even just i just left it on the road uh and then get another one can we we should we should put together a web video that's just us trying to find a car for under 500 dollars in colorado do you think it's possible i think it's possible i just wonder what you walk what away you with <laughs> <laughs> yes it has four wheels not running whatsoever <laughs> i hope you have a horse to pull it because you're going to need it. Well, that's a lovely uh, another episode here of the Driving You Crazy podcast. All kinds of good stuff coming up next week. Thanks again. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Amen. Uh, yes, and uh, we're halfway through February, so that's a good thing. Uh, I have another February rant coming up I've been working on. It's very exciting. Yes, Bring it on. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you are very excited. Well, until next time, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Lipper, the traffic guy. I'm inexpensive automobile advocate Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.